Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. Welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD, in a natural, effective way, without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. How are you doing? On today's podcast, we cover the topic of sleep. Sleep. This is a huge issue for us hunter types. And it is a growing issue, as I've noticed from my coaching calls, that this is something that has been creeping up as one of the number one issues we we are challenged by. There's definitely a connection between that and us being on our phones, undeniably. But there are so many layers to sleep. And in this podcast, we're going to go deep into it. We're going to cover the challenges. We're going to be covering really understanding what is underneath those challenges as far as the the brain chemistry, as well as the tendencies, the anxiety pieces, all the things that make us hunter types. Um, And then going into tips and suggestions. What are the things that we can do to build good habits, to reset ourselves, to have the awareness we need so that we can get enough sleep and we can also adjust our sleep schedule as we need to. Uh, And this is a tricky one. This is one of the biggest um, somewhat unresolved challenges in this arena of ADHD. So, um, But there's definitely some pieces that uh, I'm going to share that I think you may not have heard and um, I think will help you get a handle on it and um, be proactive about it. And it's and as you know, if, if you're new to this podcast, I know we got a lot of new listeners, uh, the, the 
premise and the focus of both this podcast and the book Drummer in the Great Mountain is about a holistic perspective on ADHD. And specifically what that means is it's not just about taking herbs and supplements. That's not what holistic means. Holistic is looking at all of the different interlocking pieces and seeing how all of those affect whatever it is, whatever the challenge is that's going on. And if you take just a very myopic view where you say, okay, well, I should just take a sleeping pill or whatever, um, often that doesn't work. And that can also lead to other challenges. So having a more, um, full picture of what cause so coming back to sleep how do we look at sleep and our sleep challenges from a more, more holistic perspective when we take in all the different mechanisms of habits and tendencies and emotions and all the things that feed into it as well as like unmet needs that are in, in your life maybe and there's also like family and all the obligations that go with that you can't just take one little piece out and say, okay, it's this and here, take this pill. It's just not that simple. So in this podcast, uh, in this episode today, I'm going to go through and take a holistic view of the big challenges with sleep and hunter types uh, and really go deep into what it is that is causing it. And it's going to be different for everyone. But what I'd like to do is give you the tools you need so that you can take it into your own life and go, yes, it's this, this, and this for me. And here's some ways I can be proactive about this. So I'm getting enough sleep. I'm understanding how uh, not getting enough sleep is affecting me in this way. It's causing these challenges. And then what do I need to do to create the support I need to get the sleep I need? And, uh, and the awareness of the tendencies, the brain chemistry, all of that. So really looking forward to this one. Uh, I've waited to do this podcast because I really I wanted to amass more information about this. And I will call this version one because I know I will probably revisit this and I may even bring on a sleep specialist at some point. But I feel like this one's got a lot of good stuff in it. So uh, I'm guessing if you're listening to this you're, and you're a hunter type, You've had challenges with sleep in the past. So uh, looking forward to this. I hope this is really helpful to you. So before we begin, I want to announce that we are start we are doing the next Alive online workshop. We are starting on May 18th. You got an email, uh, if you're on the email list, um, that we had originally set out uh, to do it on May 11th. That landed on Mother's Day weekend, and we have a lot of families in the audience wasn't ideal. So um, with that feedback, we decided to push it back one week. So that's probably going to be good for everyone, hopefully. Um, And we're already starting to fill up, but I really, I just want to highly recommend if you're enjoying this podcast, if you're getting a lot out of it, if this really resonates with you, this is an awesome opportunity for you to connect with fellow hunter types all over the world. And it is like the last one, we had people in Japan, Australia, UK, Canada, obviously the US, Norway. Um, And each one, we have like a different diverse group of people. It's so awesome to connect with you all. And it's a very mature, um, talented, uh, very, uh, there's just, there's a type of people that seem to come to this podcast that I'm just so honored to work with you all. And you, you come from diverse backgrounds, but um, man, I've just really enjoyed connecting with you all. I watch so many people have wins that I, it seems like, you know, habits change people, people get the support that they need. And I get some really, really good feedback that it's been helpful. Each one, uh, we learn more things. So we integrate more things into the workshop. Uh, and this one's no different. We've spent a lot of time, uh, adding new things, adjusting things. Uh, but the core of it stays the same and, and, 
from my coaching work, which started in 2007, uh, that dovetailed into the book. Um, these are the key, there's four key areas that everyone hunter type or not needs support in. And those are life visioning. So having goals, setting goals, knowing what you're wanting with your life. That's the key to that time management. How do you work with time, especially with the challenges we have as hunter types? What are the tools you need? How do you build the infrastructure for yourself so that you're utilizing the tools and not just to be on time and getting to work and things like that. It's more about you creating proactively creating the space in your life for the things that you most want. And so time management, time management is such a key piece to that puzzle. Um, the third session we do wellness planning, which is exercise, nutrition, all the things we talk about in the podcast that really helps you get fired up and alive and um, just gives you more energy and vitality. So we cover wellness planning in depth and getting, again, going from the time management piece where you've built those tools into then integrating that into your schedule, finding joyful ways to get exercise as well as supplements, nutrition. We cover all of that. And then the final session we create, it's all about creating support systems. How do you take all of this and then create the habits you need so they continue on after the workshop? And so we do, there's four sessions. We do a Facebook group. So it's a private Facebook group and people can, and even if you're not on Facebook, you can just join up just for this. And, um, uh, it's great. You get, we also record each session so you can go back and listen to it, read the text, listen to all of our discussion. Uh, that's really the core of it because otherwise this would just be a bunch of information. We designed this to be effective as a support system to create community around you. So you get the support you need to make the changes you need to make. So I can't say enough about it. It's an honor to do this work. I would love to have you aboard. Uh, if you have the time, you don't have to make all the sessions. If you can make two or three of them and then listen to the recordings, that's cool because a lot of it happens in the Facebook group. And then we usually do a check-in uh, a couple of weeks after that. So I'm really trying to create uh, ongoing support for each of these workshops and uh, the feedback's been awesome. So really, if you can make it, we'd love to have you. Again, it's starting on May 18th. And if you want to learn more, just go to uh, alive on, sorry, it's alivelifecoaching.com forward slash course, alivelifecoaching.com forward slash course, C-O-U-R-S-E. Uh, or just go to alivelifecoaching.com. You'll see the big banner at the top. Just click on that. It's also on the German the Great Mountain site. You'll see the first slide is the the uh, workshop. So, uh, and if you're on the email list, you'll be getting some reminders on it. So we are starting to fill up, um, but I'd love to have you. We're going to try to keep it. We don't make these huge. We we actually cap it because I don't want. I want to give one on one support, and if it's too many people, then um, they don't you don't get the the support that I want you to have. So. Um, that's why you, so many of you weren't able to make it to the last one because we filled up. But uh, this is the next one. If you can make it, we'd love to have you. Uh, so again, alivelifecoaching.com forward slash course. And uh, that's it. So before we launch in, um, I just also want to say thank you for all the positive feedback we got from the five part 
uh, mini course that we put up that will be part of an email join option when people uh, go to the website drummer in the great mountain they'll be able to get an email sequence of those five sessions uh, it sounds like it was been helpful to a lot of people i noticed it brought more people into the fold so uh, thank you for reaching out and if you have reached out to me in the last say eight months and i haven't gotten back to you i've pretty much caught up with my correspondence uh, if something slipped through the cracks and you haven't heard from me and you've wrote wrote me during the time last year when my mom was um, before she passed, I was really, really busy. So if I missed something, please reach out again, drop me an email. And I apologize if it, I wasn't able to get to it. I did my best with all the things going on to get back to my correspondence. But just note that uh, it wasn't out of neglect. It was just out of just there was just so much going on. So if you haven't heard from me, uh, I believe I've gone through all my correspondence. Please reach back out. I would love to connect with you. So let's talk about sleep. Now let's start with the challenges. Let's start to spill this out and then we're going to go a little deeper into the challenges and explore what's underneath them. So I think we can split this up into two primary areas with sleep. So the challenges with sleep. One is the lack of sleep, either um, you're only sleeping for a little bit and then you wake up or there's more commonly there's the fitful sleep where you sleep a little bit, then you wake up and then you go back to sleep and you're just not able to, to stay asleep for longer periods of time. Now, and then the second challenge is the challenge of the sleep cycle, which is waking up in the morning is often the biggest challenge. So being able to wake up, be on time for work, be on time for scheduled appointments, um, that's more of a sleep schedule thing where you're actually getting enough sleep and often you're getting, you're going to bed too late. Uh, and you're just in this vicious cycle where you just go to sleep late, you sleep in and you literally can't get up in time and you're late for work and there's our, or there's challenges with the family and things not happening, things not getting done or somewhere in the middle where maybe you're getting some sleep but um, you're waking up in the morning and you can't boot up. You're just still like, it takes you like an hour or two to boot up because you're just still kind of in that fog in the morning. So lack of sleep and then the challenges with sleep schedule. Those are the two things we're talking about. So in terms of lack of sleep, the big issue for us as hunter types is when we don't get enough sleep, we don't regenerate the brain chemistry. Our body needs sleep to reboot, especially the dopamine and the serotonin, the things that give us the focus and motivation, as well as the serotonin, which is the overall sense of well-being. Either one of those can be really affected by not getting enough sleep. Now, Eight hours for hunter types, from what I've seen, is a big, like that's a rare one. I don't, I rarely speak to someone that gets a full eight hours of sleep. It's not that common. But even six to seven is like, you know, if you can get into that range, you're probably pretty good. But I'm hearing people like four to five hours a night. They're, they're, it's, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. Um, and again, this is going to exacerbate ADHD symptoms, focus, mood, it's going to increase your anxiety, it's going to really challenge your filters, meaning that your ability to uh, keep yourself from reacting in a way where you feel you're not mindful, and that can turn it that's can go in any direction, but you know, what you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that can lead to meltdowns. Uh, I know when I was going through lack of sleep during uh, when my mom passed, 
uh, I had one pretty big meltdown from that and I just watched it happen. I just watched myself just get upset and, and frustrated and angry. And usually I got, I'm pretty cool. I can keep my cool on it, but man, with a lack of sleep, it really, it just tears down those walls. And so if you're having challenges like in your relationship, uh, in your family life, in your work life, where you're finding yourself like on edge and you're not getting enough sleep, that's going to be one of the factors undeniably. So you really do need to pay attention to what we're going to talk about in this podcast. So that's sort of the lack of sleep and why that's like top level, why, what lack of sleep is about. Uh, then there's the sleep cycle, which is the challenge of waking up in the morning. And we talked about, so really this is another issue in, in, and this is a tougher one. I've watched some of my coaching clients really struggle with this one because if you've had a cycle of going to bed really late, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and then you've got a, or one or two in the morning, and then you got to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning for work. Um, that's a, that's a, that's on a higher level of challenge because your, your cycle has been kind of burned in over a long period of time. And there's very specific support that comes, goes for that. So that's a different issue. Again, the things we'll talk about in terms of lack of sleep will apply to this. And both of these, there's a there's both the the nourishment, the physical and nutritional nourishment necessary. There's the exercise piece, and then also be the habit piece. And we're gonna I'm gonna go at length into that because that's often what's not talked about. Like, what are the habits you can build that can shift the patterns? Uh, from my experience, I am not a sleep expert, but I can tell you from working with enough people, there's certain strategies that do tend to work. So. Then there's the reasons. Why are we, what are, what is causing these, these challenges, the lack of sleep and the challenge with the sleep cycle? So not surprisingly, one of the huge pieces that has come into our, um, our fold over the last 10 years is the phone, the being on the phone or Netflix usually that can even go on hand in hand, watching something on YouTube, going through social media and then having major issues, p- turning it off and going to sleep. Uh, this is obviously, a, again, top level reasons why we'll go deeper into this. So that's one undeniable reason. I'd say that's probably like 80 to 90% of the people I talk to. That's, that's one of the biggest ones that's thrown their sleep off. Uh, and being able to, to have the willpower to stop at the end of the night. So this, again, we'll talk more about this in a little bit. And then the second one is like the challenge of staying asleep. So th- this one's an interesting one. Waking up, if you're waking up in the middle of the night, uh, there one might be that you're just up and you can't go back to sleep, and there's no there's nothing else attached to it. Often there's that coupled with the anxiety, the obsessive thoughts that are then keeping you awake. So maybe you have kind of a fitful sleep, you wake up. And either you're just up and you can't get back to sleep or on top of that, then there's the anxiety, the obsessive thoughts, just not being able to shut your brain off enough to go back to sleep. That's sort of the classic ADHD one. Um, And this often becomes a vicious cycle where you're staying up late. You get caught by stimuli, so phone, TV. It used to be TV, now it's phone, which I think is far more potent than TV ever was. That leads to lack of sleep. That then leads through during the day. You've got the lack of focus, the lack of being able to, you're kind of in a brain fuzz all day. Then the emotional challenges kicked in and then you spiral. 
and that I see that cycle. So what we're going to talk about later is how do you break the cycle? What are some things you can do to integrate into your life that will just start to shift this? And so much of this work, and you hear me say this over and over again, it's about mindfulness. It's about awareness. The more you can forge awareness and mindfulness into your life with the necessary nutritional exercise pieces to offset the brain chemistry, uh, that's when you start to really make some shifts. So um, looking forward to talking about that in a little bit. So let's go a little deeper into this. Let's talk, look about let's talk about this awareness piece. Um, this is one here's so the first piece that that's so important to understand uh, as we're going through and discussing this is coming back to the phone and just at night, you, the inability to stop yourself, to turn off the phone. You've got to understand that this is not just about your willpower. This is about your dopamine cycle, okay? If, if you are in any way tweaking your dopamine during the day, which is <clears throat> coffee, any kind of caffeine, even ADHD medication throw, goes into that mix, then at the end of the day, you're going to have a bigger dip and then you'll find that towards maybe what I see is like six, seven o'clock at night, your willpower starts to really take a nosedive. And so when you're at like 10 o'clock at night and you're tired and you're caught by your phone, then that becomes a big deal because you're fighting against your brain chemistry. You're caught by stimuli. And so getting caught by stimuli really is like when our brain chemistry is low, when we're when our dopamine so. Uh, just as a refresher, as a reminder, when uh, what makes us hunter types primarily is we have less dopamine receptors, which means we need more dopamine, which is connected to uh, focus, motivation, willpower. It, it's the thing that gets us to say no. And when usually at the beginning of the day, for most of us, especially if you have your cup of coffee, which is a stimulant, or whatever it else you do, you'll have a stronger willpower at that time of the day. Once you go through the day and you're tired and you go through that dip, as you get towards six and seven, eight o'clock at night, man, things start to pull on you. And if it's got enough, if it's especially the phone, if it's got enough stimuli, it'll pull you in and your ability to say no is drastically reduced. So recognizing that then you can have, you can be proactive. And that's what we'll talk about in a little bit. How do you anticipate that that is going to probably happen? You release the self-judgment. So I really, it's so important. This is why I hate the ADHD label of the disorder. Just like let go of the label, let go of the judgment and just look at it as this is your biochemistry. You're, you're unique in your biochemistry and you're experiencing the modern world. And part of our biochemistry is very old and goes back to being hunters and gatherers and having different types of stimuli that were not you know, we're not, we've only had phones for what, 10 years, 12 years. So this is completely new to us in our environment. And our brain chemistry is much older than that. And it's getting really sucked into it. So understanding that that dip happens towards the end of the evening is a huge piece of the puzzle. So I can't stress that enough. When you understand that, when you understand your filters are low towards the evening, then you can anticipate that and you can make decisions and um, get the support you need so that you can start building a different habit. 
So that's one piece, but let's keep going here because the other thing we're dealing with is phones and blue light. The blue light spectrum that comes from our phones, if you've heard people and if you probably heard me talk about it on the podcast, when you flip, you can change your phone to, uh, to turn off the blue light on your phone. Uh, when your eyeballs get blue light, it's telling them, hey, the sun's still up. You know, it's not time to go to sleep yet. You got to stay up because um, you know sunlight's out. So, so, and often you'll see this in like a place like Alaska in the far north, where uh, there's times during the year where there's long, like there's no sunset. It's there's just like twilight, and then sun comes back up just because of where they are in in, in that latitude. And so they kind of get this kind of craziness that goes on for a couple of weeks, where people's whole circadian rhythm is thrown off. Um, and you know, there's been studies on that. And there's actually an old episode of um, Northern Exposure. If you ever watched that show on TV, they they did a whole episode on that that was really interesting. But we get a little crazy, and uh, but we're doing this to ourselves every single day now. So we have this blue light that's constantly signaling to us, oh, it's still daytime, not ready to go to sleep yet. So we never get that biological signal to say it's nighttime, go to sleep now. And then all the brain chemistry, the melatonin, everything kicks in and puts you to sleep. So that's a huge factor. It's a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about kind of the blue light filter glasses. There's things that you can do to offset that. So that's one piece of the puzzle. There's another huge piece of the puzzle, which is lack of sun. So this is, um, so the hormone melatonin, uh, our, we generate melatonin, I believe it's through our pineal gland. And this is the brain chemical that keeps us asleep. If you are not getting 15 minutes a day or more of direct sunlight, your body's not going to generate enough melatonin to keep you asleep at night. Not, and that's not a, a universal 15 minutes hardcore number, but that's in general. Uh, and again, I encourage you to take and do some research on all these points. But it really, uh, this is a huge piece of the puzzle. And often what I watch with clients that are living in a colder environment that have a really harsh winter, um, their sleep schedule gets really thrown off. And so I often recommend using full spectrum lighting during the year, during the, the, uh, during the wintertime so that they can get the melatonin generation so they can stay asleep. So again, lack of sun, if, you, if you're finding that one of your challenges is you can't stay asleep, you just wake up and you're just up and you can't go back to sleep, look to that. Uh, instead of looking to sleeping pills or other things that may have then unseen side effects later, try that first. See if you can get 15 minutes of sun and or do uh, full spectrum lighting so that you can see if that's part of the factor and, and, and definitely look at that. If you can't stay asleep, pay attention to that one and see what you can do to get enough sunlight. What I find with some of my clients is they go, the sun starts to come out, the, the cycle changes as they move into spring and summer, and then, oh, magically their sleep cycle got better. But this also includes you not getting out of your office out of your home, getting enough sun. Often we're just like in our car, we go to work, we come back, we don't get out into nature, we don't get out into the sun. And that's why I really strongly recommend get out into nature when you exercise. It's so important for us. Um, so that's lack of sun and highly recommended, not often talked about, but it could be a huge contributor to your 
specific challenge with sleep. So let's add on top of that, we have stress, anxiety, and cortisol, and adrenal fatigue. So that's a whole other layer. Um, this is often, there's there's a few factors, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, if you're under a lot of stress, your body's excreting cortisol. You've heard me talk about that. Cortisol is the stress hormone. I believe it's a hormone. Don't quote me on that. But cortisol is the chemical in your body that keeps you on high alert. It's like you're in danger. And if you're under stress, your body is excreting cortisol. And that's going to also contribute to anxiety and just leave you in the state of uh, it's an emergency. And if you're in that state all the time, your adrenal glands are constantly pumping out more and more and more cortisol. And you never get a break from it. And many of you, I'm sure I can see you nodding right now. Like, yeah, that's me. I'm constantly in emergency mode. We will talk about this in a little bit. So adrenal fatigue is a big deal. Um, it's something that is slowly making its way into the mainstream. It's not talked about too much. Uh, in the more the holistic areas, uh, there's talk of um, herbs that are called adaptogens that can help rebuild and, and, and um, fortify your adrenal glands uh, so that you can get back to normalcy, so that you're, you're, you're not just pumping out cortisol all the time. There's a diet component to that. There's an exercise component to that as well. But that's another note. Uh, and there's also um, a caffeine stimulant component to that as well. So Again, there's a lot wrapped around in the stress anxiety, and that's connected to you waking up in the middle of the night, and then you've got a lot of stress, and you, and it's and it feels out of um, context with just the level of the, whatever the situation is. So you may be stressed about something, and you're like, "Wow, I'm really stressed about this," but if I look at it objectively, it's kind of not that big of a deal. So that's that's a really good indicator that like your 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 adrenals are an over overdrive and you need to find ways of uh, finding stress reduction, maybe reducing the caffeine intake. There's a lot of pieces in there that can help you get to a place where you're getting sleep, including like therapy, support, things that would also just give you some kind of release valve for whatever the stressors you're doing. Oh, life coaching is I deal with this a lot with life coaching where identifying what's causing the anxiety, what's the needs underneath the anxiety, what are the strategies that you can build to shift the anxiety. A lot of times it's that. It's just like, what is, what's the tools? What are the decisions that need to be made to address the piece? But for us, hunter types, anxiety is a huge piece of the puzzle and we need to manage it. It's, it's unfortunately part of our wiring. Again, as we are in the modern world, and so we have to deal with a lot of things that are <clears throat> not hunter type friendly in terms of non-stimulating tasks and all these things. And those build up over time. And often that is the source of the stress and the anxiety. So let's talk about strategies. So having a game plan going into the evening, assuming you're going to get caught by stimuli is a really key piece of the puzzle. Anticipate that you know, you're going to have more leverage to set a trajectory around five or six o'clock in the evening if you're aware of it than at 10 o'clock at night when you're there and you're in it and then you can't pull yourself out of it. So anticipate that. Now, one of the strategies you can do is plan to go for a walk, get yourself out of the house after dinner to just kind of clear your head 
and go, okay, let's bring, again, a point of mindfulness. There's times in the day where you can bring points of mindfulness where the day is moving, you're getting caught by the day, and if you can create these little stakes in the ground starting at the beginning of the day, midday, and then towards evening time, uh, maybe after dinner, that's a good time for you to come back to present moment and say, okay, this moment I'm recognizing that towards the evening time I'm going to get stuck stuck in my phone and that's going to affect my sleep and what's another strategy. So just having that internal communication or even that communication with your husband or wife, um, just to bring mindfulness to it is going to help. Uh, I can assure you because I've watched it help with other people. Um, And then it becomes then what is the strategy? What do you do towards the evening time? Anticipate it, have a game plan. So simple strategies, strategies could be replacing tech with a physical book. That's a one that definitely works. Find a book you'd really like to read. Even if you're just flipping through it, you don't have to like dig deep into it. Often that's enough. It'll get you to sleep. It's find something that you're interested in. I would say audiobooks are tricky because it still kind of engages with the electronic devices. Uh, if you can discipline yourself to say, I'm not going to pick up the phone later and just listen, that could potentially work. Um, so that's one strategy. A lot of it is like breaking up the pattern. So one thing you could do, uh, maybe after dinner, you go for a walk and then in the evening, um, you take a warm bath. That's warm baths really work in calming your body down to get to sleep. It's one of the like, because it's just, it reminds us of being in the womb. And you've heard me talk about this. Warm baths are very powerful in terms of how they affect our psyche, how they affect our anxiety and how they could affect, they can calm us down enough to where we can get some sleep. Um, If you got enough exercise during the day, if you worked out pretty hard, if you think back to times when you've done that, there's your sleep is more likely to improve. It's not a guarantee, but it definitely will affect your anxiety. It'll reduce your anxiety. That's almost a given. Um, Cardio exercise definitely can reduce anxiety. That's pretty predictable. Um, But having that just getting enough exercise and then hopefully getting enough sun um, during the day is going to help this process as you hit towards evening. So having those points of awareness towards the evening time where you check in with yourself and go, okay, especially right after dinner is a good time before you just let go and go, okay, I'm going to grab the phone or sit and watch TV before you go unconscious, set a trajectory for yourself. I could, I got to say that's one of the number one things you can do with all this awareness. Now there's specific things you can also do to, to once you're getting ready for sleep, um, a sleep mask can be really helpful because you need full, again, full darkness is what we need. It's what our bodies knew for generations and thousands and thousands of years to cue that it is time to go to sleep. So sleep masks, thumbs up, super helpful. Getting support from your companion, if you live with, uh, if you're, you have a family, if you have your, your, your significant other, having a conversation about this, about this and joining together in this can be really, really helpful. So um, one of the things that uh, I've noticed with my clients really helped was deciding that before bed, they would do a short meditation together and do it like a short yoga session, just do some stretching and just calm their body down, do some general relaxation techniques, 
did some meditation and then going to bed. And not only did it improve their relationship, but that it got them to sleep and they stayed asleep and reduced the anxiety. So get support if you need to. Um, and again, sometimes this is difficult because your, your, your companion may be like, ah, oh, they're not as affected by sleep as you, but if you can get that support, it's going to make life a lot easier. So highly recommend that strategy. Um, overall, what would help. And if you're listening to this, this is what I would encourage you to do. If you're having challenges with sleep, this is, this is where I would go with it. Do a pattern interrupt starting today. If you're hearing this going, yes, this is me. This is the challenges that I'm having. Then here's what I would suggest you do. Uh, starting in the morning. So starting tomorrow morning, get up in the morning and get out get out, wake yourself up, break up the pattern. If you get up and you're kind of like kind of groggy and you're not quite aware, awake, just set a time in the evening before you go to bed and say, I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to get out of the house. Even if it's for 10 minutes, go to some place, see if you can get out in nature, maybe do your planning, do that, break up the pattern. And in one pattern interrupt is going to affect a lot of other things in your life. So again, that point of mindfulness in the morning, get up, get out. So set your intention tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, 15 minutes, you're out the door for a little bit. You walk down the street, you go to the park, you do whatever you need to do just so you're out and you've shifted up the typical pattern for a day. So that shift will then carry over all the way through the day into the evening. So if you commit to that, then after that's done, if you're doing your planning, well, let's come back to that. If you're doing a planning session that morning where you get up, you get into nature, you've got like a notebook or a planner and you write out, okay, this evening, my intention is to get to bed by 10 o'clock at night. You've set the intention now for the day. Okay. So that drops into your subconscious. Then as you go through your day, maybe at four o'clock you find, man, I'm really tired. This is when I like most need to rest that for me, that's definitely where it's at. See if you can take a nap. Is there a way you can even nap for like 15 minutes? That's also going to help. It's going to give you a little bit of a boost as you go into the evening. Either way, see if you can get, uh, you know, go through that. Maybe in the evening time after dinner, you go for a short walk again, 10 minutes, go out the door, just kind of reboot awareness and see if that can give you then a little extra leverage as you're going into the evening so that you can set some intentions, say no to the phone, set up sort of a sleep strategy for yourself. Again, building little points of awareness throughout the day. And then once you get into the evening, then it's like maybe do a warm bath, maybe uh, do the sleep mask idea, whatever it is, have a plan, write out the plan and say, this is what I'm going to do and see if you can do it three days in a row. And if you find yourself really having a challenge with just getting off your phone, you feel like you keep coming back onto the phone, especially at that time of night, then you need to look at that and see what other support can I get because that may be the thing that's throwing you off the most. Now, during this pattern interrupt session, let's say you're going to do it three days in a row, see if you can get more sunlight. If it's hopefully you're not getting too much rain. If not, if it's like it's really rainy and you know it's going to be rainy for a while, Get on Amazon or get, you know, order a full spectrum light and you start using that because these little things start to build up and they can shift your sleep schedule. And what happens is, and what I hear from, from clients is they wake up and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't felt this way in years. I'm, I'm awake. I'm alive. My calm in the morning. I can think clearly. So the benefits of what we're talking about here are huge. And it may have been years since you've actually had a good night's sleep. So 
those are sort of the, so ultimately the pattern interrupt is what I most recommend. Try it for three days. Um, feel free to share it, get on Facebook, share your experience with it. I would love to hear, find the podcast post and just reply under that. I'd love to hear your experience with that because I found that to be really useful for my clients. And the nice part about it is some of them decided to stop taking the sleep pills because they had problems with it and they really got some benefits from it. So consider doing that as one of your sleep strategies. Again, not a common way to go about it, but I I have a feeling I'm going to hear from you, a lot of people you hear saying this actually works. So um, that's one. Now, in terms of the bigger picture, some of you have challenges with the sleep schedule. And I can't go into all of that in terms of changing your circadian rhythm. You can look up online. There's 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 videos and there's lots of things around how you can shift up your sleep cycle. What I will say is, if you know, if, if you're someone who, are there, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're maybe thinking about shifting jobs and changing and the, the current job, you have to get up really early and your lifetime schedule is really around like going to bed at 12 or 1 o'clock at night and you just can't shift it. You need to, to think about, can I move into other work that allows me to, to, it's more in sync with my sleep schedule. Some people just have it so hardwired that it's often better to maybe shift that around. Now, for me, doing this work, uh, as you've heard me talk about in the past, I don't schedule anything before 10 o'clock in the morning. That gives me that buffer zone in the morning so that I know if I stay up late, because I do like staying up late, that's like my creative time. I've been an artist for a long time and a musician. So that's the thing that that's the time when I get really juiced up. So I really like working and creatively at night. So that gives me that buffer so that I can stay up a little later. Uh, I know when I wake up in the morning, I've got some space. And so 10 o'clock, I'm always good by 10. I'm good. Like I'm up. I've got my routine down. And even if I stayed up a little later, I'm still fresh. So I've designed my life like that so I can do that. And it does really throw me off when I have to get up really early. So I can empathize with it. And it's something that if it's really part of your routine, then it's worthwhile to think about how do you shift your schedule and your work life around, if possible, to accommodate that. Because it may mean you become much more effective in in the work that you do. So I want to encourage you to do that so that you're honoring your natural rhythms and your work working at your highest level. And it, I mean, having a job where you have to get up early, you don't feel like you're functioning. You're always like in reaction mode and you don't feel like you're optimizing your gifts. That's a big deal. And that could be a bigger life decision of like, okay, I need to shift this up, but it could be one of the most important decisions of your life. So I would encourage you to think about that. And, um, you know, obviously coaching can be helpful. Talking to friends can be helpful looking at the job horizon, the work horizon and say like who, what kind of job opportunities are out there where I can do this, uh, shift my schedule up so I can get a job that's more in tune with my natural sleep cycle. It's a big deal. So, um, definitely if that's your challenge, look at that, uh, as well as there are ways to change your circadian rhythm. And there's also circadian rhythm. I said circadian. Circadians are, are bugs. Circadian rhythm is the uh, sleep cycle. I caught it. Don't email me. I caught it. <laughs> uh, sometimes I get emails from, from people giving me 
dialogue notes and I do appreciate and I do take them in. So I, I do appreciate that, but I caught that one. Um, okay. So that kind of dovetails into scheduling. So one of the things that you can do in terms of your weekly, monthly schedule is if you're at an edge where you're constantly going, you haven't taken a day off in months and months and months, whether it's you have a family or not, where you're just depleted and then that just throws your whole sleep schedule off, schedule a day off to rest. <laughs> For God's sake, take the take the, the time off from work. Give yourself a, a day or a few days where you can reset. Most people forget to do this. Hundred types are notorious for overworking. Um, ideally, you've got at least one or two days a week on the weekend where you allow yourself to catch up on sleep. If you've lost sleep during the week, you need to make it a priority because if you're not getting enough sleep, your your brain chemistry is not resetting itself and you're going to just continue on the cycle over and over and over again. Break the cycle up, schedule days off if you need to, try to work in um, ideally Saturday, Sunday, or whatever your days off are during the week that you can sleep in. Have a conversation with your companion if you need to, even with the family. Make it a priority because it, it, the effect of not getting enough sleep is profound. Um, I think some people who really are challenged by ADHD symptoms, some of it is just they're just not getting enough sleep. That it's like it's that big a deal. So scheduling it, be mindful to schedule days off to rest, making sure you're getting days during the, the week where you can reset yourself and, and sleep in and just give yourself like a day where you can just ah, relax. Um, and if you're in a family that's moving really fast and there's all these things going on, I can assure you that you're, you guys are all probably moving too fast. Our culture really um, legitimizes pushing ourselves too hard. It becomes like this badge of honor, but it really wrecks families. So slowing down, encouraging the family to slow down is a big deal. So I want to encourage you to take some mindfulness into the family and say, look, let's slow it down. Let's not schedule a ton of stuff for the weekend. Let's give our, let's bring mindfulness to, let's have a day where we quiet down, we rest and we encourage the kids to get that too. Cause often kids just kind of amp up on that energy as well. And it's, this is good patterning, patterning for them as they go off into, as they grow and they move into their world, if you give them good patterns that are going to support you, it's going to support them as well. Uh, so if you're just constantly modeling going and going and going and never stopping, that's not going to be good for them. So in terms of exercise, um, this is, you know, you, I talk about this every single podcast. I just go over and over to like 15 minutes of cardio every day or three sessions a week, half hour per session. Um, it's going to reduce your anxiety levels. It will potentially help sleep and it's just going to contribute to your brain chemistry being more stable. So I just can't, I mean, I won't go too deep into it. You've, you've heard me talk about it. Car exercise and sleep are connected and it may, they may be um, tangentially connected in the situation where it's not necessarily that the exercise will give you sleep, but it may reduce the anxiety and get in, or just exhaust you so that you're so tired that you go to sleep. Um, so it does affect um, the brain chemistry in that way. The other piece of that is if you can exercise out, outdoors, again, 
building those, connecting those habits together. If you're getting sunlight and exercise, then it's a double whammy. You're getting what you need to get the, again, the melatonin you need so that you can get some sleep at night. Uh, in terms of nutrition, uh, I already mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Caffeine really burns through your adrenals. And so if you're constantly in emergency mode, you might be having too much caffeine and or stimulants. And that includes possibly even ADHD medication. You need to talk to your doctor about that. Uh, I won't go too deep into that, but basically the rule of thumb is after three o'clock, no caffeine. Ideally, even earlier than that, but after three o'clock, no caffeine and or stimulants. Um, So if you're going to do, so continuing on with nutrition, if you're going to have carbs, because I talk about having a higher protein, lower carb diet with healthy fats, um, do the carbs in the evening. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, carbs and calcium in the evening, this is what like the whole thing about drinking milk before you go to bed. There's some truth to that because calcium um, and sometimes carbs, they kind of slow you down. They drop you into your body a little bit more. It's a little more, they're heavier. It often can help kind of slow you down and get you and get some sleep. So if you're going to have carbs, have carbs in the evening for the evening meal um, and see if you can get calcium and magnesium. So uh, this goes back to the stress piece. So um, there's a product called Calm that you can get at your local health food store that is basically magnesium. It's like flavored magnesium and magnesium calms your nerves down. It's very good for anxiety. So in the evening at night before bed, I often will have um, some Calm which is the magnesium and that calms me down and it doesn't make me go to sleep. It doesn't make you sleepy. It just, it, you can feel your muscles starting to relax and you can, oh, it just reduces that level of um, that thing that could potentially be affecting your sleep, which is the anxiety. So I would recommend in terms of the nutrition and then going into supplements, uh, magnesium, calcium in the evening, those are good supplements to calm your nerves down. They're going to, again, give you a little bit of an edge so that you're, you're going to have a more likelihood of having a good night's sleep. Continuing on with supplements, if you do need a supplement to get you to sleep, uh, again, we talk about, um, I, I definitely put a focus on non-sleeping pills and things like that. I've watched, unfortunately, that have an adverse effect for a lot of people, so I don't talk about them. Uh, the, uh, the herb that you can potentially look at is valerian root. Valerian root is uh, well known to get you to sleep. Uh, I, I have it in my toolkit when I need it. Um, I can recommend um, the Gaia Herb Sleep Blend. That's a really, really good one. That's got multiple herbs in it. That's definitely something if you need to sleep, you don't want to take sleep pills. Um, Valerian root um, goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years as a well-known sleep tonic. So it can be hard on your, um, I believe it's your kidneys and your liver. So if you're taking it, you should only take it for a little, like a few days, give yourself a day or two off and then take again. You may want to also add in with that milk thistle. That is a liver support herb that helps in strengthening your, both your kidneys and your liver. 
Uh, chamomile tea, you've heard me talk about that before bed, that can also be really helpful in calming you down, uh, reducing your anxiety, and it can also make you a little sleepy. Um, as I mentioned, the sleeps, there's multiple sleep blends. If you go to a health food store, you'll see there's a whole section on sleep. Uh, do your own research and look through that. You ideally want to get to, the, like, I would highly recommend looking into all the other things I mentioned first and use these as emergency strategies versus what you have to do every single night. Um, it's just not ideal. It, it, I've not seen it. Chamomile tea is pretty mellow. That's actually not going to help affect you that much. But valerian root, like I said, can affect your kidneys, and, but it's but it works. It's very potent. It will definitely get you to sleep for most people. If your your sleep schedule is really thrown and your, your brain chemistry has been thrown off quite a bit, may not have as much of an impact, but for most people, uh, valerian will definitely get you to sleep. Um, finally, adrenal support. So we talked earlier about how especially caffeine can really wear out your adrenals as well as just having a lot of stress. So um, there is uh, there are things called adaptogens. They're herbs. And they've been found to affect and strengthen your adrenal glands. Now, this is still one of those topics where there's not a lot of studies done on it. it this is more of um, people experimenting and finding if they work or not. Please do your own research on it. But um, specifically, ashwagandha is one of the herbs that is uh, known to strengthen your adrenal glands. So um, if you find yourself being awake, you're really tensed up, you're having a hard time sleeping at night and you're always on overwhelm, you're always just like tensed up, you're in emergency mode, then besides the magnesium and the calcium in the evening, you may want to look at adaptogens, do some research for yourself and see, test it out. Try it for a little bit, see if it works, see if it gives you, uh, reduces that sense of overwhelm and being in fight or flight all the time. So I hope that was helpful. I tried to go through and really uh, pick through each of the points that I know that are most challenging for us hunter types in terms of sleep. Uh, I'd love to hear from you in terms of your experience with this, the things that you've experienced, uh, experimented with that has worked for you in terms of sleep. I want to continue to build the knowledge pool on this because it's still one of our biggest kind of unsolved mysteries in terms of ADHD and sleep. These are the things that I've found worked for myself and for my clients. Please reach out and let me know what, one, like what has been the challenge, two, what has been helping you. Um, and we can continue to grow the knowledge base on this. And as a reminder, uh, the Alive online workshop begins May 18th. There's still some seats left, so please, if you can join us, i uh, love to connect with you. Uh, you can go to alivelifecoaching.com forward slash course to get more information on that. The book is The Drummer in the Great Mountain, a guidebook to transforming adult ADD, ADHD. Uh, you can get a discounted price on that if you go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com. But we're also available on Amazon and Kindle as of the beginning of this year. If you've already purchased the book and had it for a while and you'd like to contribute to this work and you feel it's been helpful to you, consider going on to Amazon and writing a review. That's super helpful to us. If you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go back to the beginning episode where we go chapter by chapter through the book. The first 20 episodes go in depth into that. If you haven't listened to the previous five 
um, podcast where we do like a refresher on that. That's a good place to start. Please reach out and let us know what topics you'd like us to cover on the podcast. Uh, and let us know how this podcast has assisted you. Let us know what's worked. Uh, let us know what questions you have so that we can cover those more in depth in future episodes. Again, the website is drummerinthegreatmountain.com. You can also join us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you go to drummerinthegreatmountain.com, you'll see those links in the upper right-hand corner. And until next time, be well. <laughs>